You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Not all aliens come from space. Deep Star Six. We're gonna have to go back down there. Haven't they killed half our crew? Damn it, there's something in the. (laughs) Save your last breath. To scream. From the creator of Friday the 13th. Yep. Deep Star Six. The biggest uh, tragedy about this movie is that it's not Jason. Yeah. (laughs) They throw him in the ocean and he's at the bottom of the ocean. He's woken by this explosion by these quote unquote explorers. And then Jason Voorhees is the one killing everybody. That's what it should have been. That would have been so amazing. Deep Star Jason. We're just called Deep Star Six, and in the end, like he's so barnacled up, then like they like oh, shoot yeah. him in the face or something, and it like cracks See the barnacles, and it's the hockey man, and like, oh my god, yeah. fade to black. The movie would have been awesome. <laughs> but anyway, everybody, welcome, welcome to the latest and greatest '80s revisited. I'm your host Trey Harris. With me, as always, down here in the depths of the ocean. My producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. Jesse, let me ask you something. Do you remember mm-hmm. years ago when there were two movies that released in the same you know, few months about an asteroid hurtling to Earth and Deep Impact and Armageddon. Exactly. Do you remember <laughs> when there were two competing volcano movies? Yes. Uh, the one with Los Angeles and... Uh, volcano. Volcano. <laughs> and then and the, Dante's Beak. Yes. Good, good yes. job. Do you remember, Jesse... That summer, in the late 80s, when there were not one, not two, but three different movies that competed for having a group of people stranded at the bottom of the ocean, in the deepest part of the ocean, fighting or befriending some sort of alien entity. No, tell me more. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) So that's what we're doing for the next three episodes. Oh. We are going in chronological order... Chronological order of release of the summer of 1980, or not, I shouldn't say the summer because it wasn't the summer, but the year 1989. It's rare enough to see one movie about some deep water thing happening. The Mm. last one I can think of was probably Deep Rising or Deep Blue Sea. I'm not sure which one came out first. Although Deep Blue Sea is about sharks, so it really doesn't count. Yeah, eventually they went to the shore and started surfing. But in, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was actually, this came up, the genesis of this came out because A, last week we talked about Scarface and we mentioned The Abyss. I was like, I ain't seen The Abyss in a while. Went to Netflix, searched for it, didn't have it. They said, oh, movies you might like. Well, they had Sphere, which I hadn't seen since I saw it in the theater. I was like, okay, I put it on. Like, yeah, this movie really wasn't good. It's, 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 it's exactly what I remembered it, not good. So I was like, I, got, I need to watch The Abyss again. The special edition, mind you. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, like this makes me this makes me remember that movie Leviathan. And I'm watching Leviathan. I'm like, wait, there was uh, there was one other movie. I remember it was just it was exactly like this. What was that? Oh, it was this Deep Star Six, which this one did beat the others to the theater. It released January thirteenth, nineteen eighty nine. IMDb says five point two. Rotten Tomato critics say zero. Audience hmm. says twenty two percent. So. Wow. There you go. I couldn't find any info on the budget. Uh, however, it did open for $3.3 3 It domestically grossed 8.1, and that's 
all the monetary repercussions I found for this particular film that we're about to talk about. Uh, film two, quotations. Yeah. Two-sentence synopsis. Group of people on the bottom of the ocean encounter alien menace. Ah. There you go. Uh, directed by Sean Cunningham, a veteran of the podcast. Well, yeah, because we did Friday the 13th, and that was... Uh, that was 80, wasn't it, if I remember correctly? Because it, it literally was like the earliest movie we ever did, I think, was the original Friday the 13th. Fact-checking, uh, just to be sure. Because uh, I think it released like January or something, 1980, or... Because um, we did it because Daniel... May oh, never mind. 9th, I was way off. There was one other movie we did that was like... This might be the earliest. No, I'm sorry. Uh, there was a movie didn't, that came out in January 1980, so it was like the earliest. I thought it was that one. Mm. I was way off. But anyway, veteran of the podcast, at least, with Friday the 13th. Of course, he directed that one. Uh, he also wrote Friday the 13th, 1 through 5. And Sean Cunningham is a... Again, I mean, go listen to Friday the 13th episode. Uh, he, Friday the 13th was made to cash in on Halloween. And Deep Star 6 was made because he heard there was a movie called Leviathan being made. And another oh. movie called The Abyss being made. He thought, hey... Let's jump on that. Let's make, let's make a quick movie and get it out before all these other ones. So he literally did that with this one. Uh, uh, this was written by Louis Abernathy, who acted in Titanic... And Jeff Miller, who wrote House 4, which I cashed out at House House 3, so I can't speak of the value of House 4. Mm. Uh, starring. Who stars in this masterpiece, you might be wondering? Well, a bunch of nobodies and a couple of people you've seen in other things. Uh, brief appearances. Uh, Greg Evigan was McBride. Uh, the, thing, the only thing I remember him from was the USA television series Tech War, which based on the William Shatner book, which the series for its time was pretty fun for a USA original series, put it to you that way. It was, all, you know, it was a sci-fi Silk Stalkings, so I liked it a little bit better than Silk Stalkings because of the sci-fi aspect. But anyway, mm. uh, he did a ton, tons of TV, but mainly he was, he's the guy that did like a lot of the one episode in TV type situations. One episode of Alf, one episode of this, one episode of that, and that was it. He was never a Working recurring character. character. Yeah, he worked. He definitely worked, but you know, mm. he didn't land that, you know, that good role because this didn't do it, not for anybody involved. <laughs> Uh, Nancy say. Everhard was Joyce. She's a veteran of the podcast. She was in the Dolph Lundgren Punisher from 1989, which mm. I have an email about, which we'll get to at the end of the episode. Mm. And also, she was in The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. So she's a comic book actress from the 80s, which not many people can say. Most people were just in one, because mm. they weren't like you know coming out every other month like today. Yeah. As we are sit here on the eve of Civil War, hopefully the best comic book movie of the year. Which I have no doubt that it will be. Knock on wood, just to be safe. Anyway, uh, and it's got the first some competitors. Yeah, well, if you consider Batman versus Superman a competitor, Deadpool. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, that was this year. Yeah, it was February. Yeah, yeah we'll I see. I was not thinking of yeah. Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's a different podcast. That yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that take place in the eighties. But anyway, unless of course there was the dream Batman versus Superman, Christopher Reeve, Michael mm. Keaton, which somebody did a fan trailer where they took. The exact trailer for Batman vs. Superman, but then like intercut scenes of Michael Keaton and Christopher Reeve with the exact same <laughs> structure and dialogue. It actually was pretty awesome. I mean, it was like, oh, <laughs> if that would have been cool. But anyway, uh, the, first, the first truly recognizable face in the film, Michael, Miguel Ferrer uh, was Snyder. Uh, of course, he was Bob Morton in RoboCop, mm -hmm. uh, Hot Shots Part 2, and most recently that I can remember him, him in, Iron Man 2. I think the vice president or somebody else. He was the one that they had to save... At some point or other. I've only seen Iron Man 2 once, so I can't Iron remember Man exactly. Iron Man 3 he was also in. Oh, maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Maybe I put them wrong. Yeah, Vice that's the President one. President Rodriguez. That's the one I'm thinking of. I put two, but it's actually three. He was He'll the also be in Twin Peaks. Ooh. Oh, that's right. He was in the original. Oh, uh -huh. Gladys, he's returning. 
awesome. Yeah. He was the one that showed. I don't know if you watched Twin Peaks. He like showed up to chastise Cooper, but then they became like friends. Mm. Heartwarming little part of Twin Peaks. Well, anyway, mm. uh, Nia Peebles. Uh, she was Scarpelli. Uh, I remember her mostly because she was in Half Past Dead. Because I was like, oh, who's this woman? Oh, yeah, she was in Deep Star Six. But mm. also, most older people might recognize her as a recurring character on Walker, Texas Ranger. Of course. So, for that group. Uh, Matt McCoy, this is this guy, I was like, I'm watching this movie, like, I'm, he's one of those, like, I know this guy. I, what, what, I'm, I've seen him in something else. What have I seen him in? Couldn't play some until I looked uh. it up. But he's the one who replaced uh, Steve Gutenberg as the Mahoney type character in the subsequent police academies yeah, in yep. five and six, but also uh hand rocks, a cradle. And most recently he's in that uh, U- uh, HBO show, Silicon Valley, which yep. I just watch game of Thrones on HBO. So I don't know anything about, I'm Oh, just, I watched it. It's funny. I oh, really, is it, mm-hmm. is it good? I mean, is it worth you know, checking out? Is it? Oh, for sure. Is Start it better? from season one though? Uh, there was some other show. It seemed like it was simple. Oh, halt and catch fire on AMC. I don't know if you watched uh, that one, um, but it seemed I like... I watched the first one. No, I mean, Silicon Valley is all comedy. Okay, so it's a... Uh, it's, okay, it's yeah, not like all a the guys that are on screen, they're improv people. Oh, really? Also, I recognize the uh, Indian guy because he was yeah, in... Yeah, Kamel uh, Nanjiani. Yeah, he's in, uh, he's in a lot of episodes of Portlandia. He's always great in that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, all comedy guys. And it's got the Gabe stuff. from The Office, I think. Yes, yeah. So <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Looking for something There's to watch. There's a quote about him that... It's all over the internet if you browse right at this guy fucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so you'll get context on that. Okay. Gotcha. If you watch it. So there you go. Free plug for Silicon Valley and Matt McCoy. Yeah. He's in that. So he's working as well. Uh Elia Baskin was Versagia. Uh he's a he's one of the he's like Jurgen Proch now. If you can't get Jurgen Proch now to be a Russian, you get this guy. He was in Spider-Man two and three, Austin Powers. He was one of the henchmen in Air Force One. If you've seen a movie with some Russians in it, you've seen this guy. Uh, and then Tarim Black uh, was Laidlaw. He was in Rocky II and also uh, played in Hill Street Blues, good old cop show, cop drama mm. from the 80s. And it should be noted, too, this is a, being a Sean Cunningham film. The score was done by none other than Harry Manfredini, Friday the 13th, kept it in the family. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I told you how I came about this idea to, you know, how I went down the rabbit hole of underwater movies and discovered, or realized, I should say, that these three films came out in 1989, all the same year. And it really should be no surprise that this one came out first because, again, it's Sean Cunningham. I mean, Friday the 13th, I love the series, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, this dude... Oh, wait, there, oh wait there's... you know, ha- Had he had the money, I'm sure he would have made a volcano movie and an asteroid movie had he had the, the money to probably make them. But, wow. uh, there were five deep water movies in 1989 <laughs> i did see those but i'd never heard anything about well them. the ratings are under th- three roughly three so yes yeah, so i'd I, skip them i didn't care yeah i mean usually i try to do four to do the month a month of stuff but i was like i'll just do these three <laughs> i'm <laughs> glad you found them because oh geez who would know about that well you know th- this is actually our first time back to the water since i think jaws of revenge so mm. although today i was looking up because uh, of course james cameron did the abyss i was like and today it hit me like oh piranha too too bad i already made the artwork for the Facebook, oh. <laughs> so that'll that'll wait. Uh, just well, in 1981, you had Das Boot. I thought about that, but like, I really don't want to watch Das Boot again. It's a great <laughs> film. Oh, it's 8.4. I mean, it is a good, good movie, but it's like, A, it's super long, it and is. if you haven't, have you seen it, Jesse? I have not. Okay, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's, like, it's like the Everybody Hurts video for R.E.M. You can watch it once, you really want to watch it again. <laughs> it's on the yeah. countdown, you know? I hear you. It's, it's it, fantastic film, don't need to watch it again. Gotcha. Uh, I want to be happy for the rest of the day. <laughs> uh, but anyway, 
Uh, yeah, so this, again, as with most of these films from the 80s, uh, much like last week with Scarface and many others that we've covered on the podcast, Deep Star 6 was one of those late-night TBS, USA, TNT, Monster Vision, Up All Night, one of those things where I'd end up catching it. But I must say, usually it was, uh, most of the time it was Leviathan was the one that got a lot, a lot of play on those aforementioned channels. But every now, but uh, I was always drawn to this movie or interested in this movie simply because the VHS cover art was badass. It was mm. one of those deep, deep diving suits, and then it was bitten, like Jaws had bitten it in half, and it was being pulled up from the depths. And on the back, it was just one of the back case of the VHS, if I remember correctly, was just one big screenshot of the chick, like, the chick, I mean, uh, Nancy Everhard, uh, with the monster in the, like, part of the monster in the scene. So, like, it, you know, it really did a good job of just teasing the film. So as a kid, I was like, God, I want to see this. This looks so amazing. Like, it, it's got to be awesome. It's like Alien Underwater, which the tagline pretty much rips off Alien. Save your last breath to scream. We're in space. No right. one can hear you scream. Right, right. You know, a lot of play on that. But anyway, kick It worked. Ass- Apparently, well, I mean, it ain't at 8.1. I'm sure it, it didn't cost that much when you see this. All right. Because, uh, anyway, but... I mean, it worked for the other movie. Yeah. <laughs> watching it as, stole it. Yeah. Watching it as a... When I was younger, like, I didn't really, like, dislike it. I was like, oh, it was just a fun movie. And, in a sense, it's still a fun movie, but watching it in a, as an adult... And I, I should... Full disclosure, I watched... The movie... The order that we're covering, I watched them, I watched them in reverse order. So I started with the best... <laughs> Mm. And then it just shit went straight downhill. So after seeing the amazing visual effects of the abyss, literally one night before basically watching Deep Star 6 and its rudimentary models and pretending to be underwater. But the best example would be, you know how Mystery Science Theater, like when they would show like the ships taken off, it's you know, it's done tongue in cheek, like these are just models. Right, right, right. Well, you know, it's all it's all for the aesthetic of the show. This the underwater effects in this film look like that except they just put like blue cellophane over them mm. and like we're underwater <laughs> blue, blue, blue. The, you know but in its bubbles in its defense there are some actual underwater shots mm. unlike next week's film oh wow which we'll talk about more in depth then but uh just everything about this film i mean the acting it's not great i'm not gonna say it's bad because i've seen bad bad acting and this is just like and eh, people here everybody was here for the paycheck however minuscule it had to have been for this film the direction, I mean, Sean Cunningham, he's not a good director. Again, he's, although this did beat Abyss and Leviathan to the screen, he's still not, he didn't have nothing to work off of, so to speak, to like, oh, yeah, that was, Cameron did great in that. I'm going to, let's do something similar mm. to that, blah, blah, blah. You know, so, I mean, he's, he's, he's more, he's, his career is more, uh, is looked at better as a producer. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, again, yeah, you created Friday the 13th, but what was Friday the 13th, but, uh, you know, Halloween, that's a holiday. What's another scary thing? Oh, Friday the 13th. It's not a holiday, but it's unlucky. People don't like it. It's scary. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, so he, and that's not, I'm not discounting those films or Sean Cunningham himself, but I mean, let's face it. When you're looking at a group of movies, and one's directed by Sean, Sean Cunningham, one's directed by uh, James Cameron, and the other one's directed by George Cosmatos, who did First Blood Part Two and Tombstone, one of these is not like the other. Yep. Let's just put leave it at that. <laughs> not Again, not meaning the dog on them. Just not, just not done as well as uh, a lot of the other stuff that we that you're gonna uh, watch and revisit and see. But uh, anyway, so but this, as you'll see with these three films that we're covering, there's all these. They all go through the same tropes. It's all the same thing. Under the sea, they find something. Uh oh, is it friendly? Is it not? Usually, it's not, as we see in most of these. And this is exactly the same case. 
They they're mining or well, first of all, it says they're military, yet they're like blowing shit up underwater. So mm. I guess they are mining, much like the other two movies we're going to cover. They're doing something, but then they awake something. Which I, I love the fact in this film they don't they don't ever explain what it is really. It's just like it's something under the sea that's they woke up basically. Cool, you know, good. You don't need wait. We experimented this on in the seventies from you know the nuclear bomb test or something like you know. So that's to its credit. They just just have something attacking people. That's great. But uh, yeah, it it just doesn't work. <laughs> the cover, you know. <laughs> This film is best like looked at at looking at the cover art and being like, God, the movie looks interesting, but then let me put it back and rent something else. Kind of, eh. It's kind of funny on the cover. You can see the surface of the water and the bottom of the ocean. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's zoomed, like 40 feet deep. It's zoomed way back. It's, it's far, far It's as fish eye as you can get. <laughs> <laughs> and it should be noted that Deep Star 6 is the only one of the VHS covers that isn't like black because, uh, yeah. you know, it's the deep... It's all bright, like you said, bright and blue. Bright. Looks like they're in the Caribbean, you know, yeah. 50 feet down with a research facility. There's a little cartoon crab on the cover. No. That would fit, <laughs> And though. a penis in the background painted. Yeah. I mean, you know, urban yeah, you legend. can see the surface. Well, why is that there? Doesn't make know. sense. But uh, it's just, I wish I could say more about the film. But anyway, revisiting it, though, like the effects don't hold up. And as we've said before, like everybody likes bad movies. There's some. There's a bad movie that I know you're listening. Like, I don't like bad movies. Bullshit. Yeah. There's a movie that you like that is considered to be bad. I'm sure a lot of people like this movie. I unfortunately cannot. I can it's... empathize with you liking a movie that people hate, but this movie sucks. Like mm. I don't know if it was on the air or not, but Deep Star sucks. Deep would Star be the best sucks. way to put it. It's just uh, on all levels, it just really doesn't succeed, or like it just bored me. It just absolutely bored me. Uh, it also could, honestly, I was, I mean, you know, full disclosure, it could have been deep water fatigue because I just watched two and a half hours of the abyss, two hours of, or an hour and a half of Leviathan, then had to go in nearly two hours of this movie with shoddy production values. Mm. You know, so uh, luckily for me, as, as I was watching, I saved the worst for last, but luckily for you guys and girls, you get to listen to the worst one first. So it's all uphill. My shit rolled downhill. <laughs> this stuff's going straight up for you guys in terms of the quality of the movies if you're following along at home. Mm. But uh, yeah, you know, so it's just they're really, it's it's just it's 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 completely formulaic in every regard. They literally took Alien, for lack of a better example, which I mean, really, honestly, is a benchmark for these ty- any type of film with a similar plot no matter if it's outer space underwater in a cave no matter where you place it it's just like it's just like the you know under siege is a great movie awesome action movie but it's just die hard on a boat right you know i mean when you when you break it down that's what it is and this although it came out first is just a not good version or no actually let me phrase that to keep in line thought i was going it's just alien underwater and you really can't compare them because it's unfair to ridley scott (laughs) giving too much credit to this film which I mean, but again, there there are. This is the eighties. This late '80s, I should say. You know, early late '80s, January thirteenth, nineteen eighty nine. There is a place for these movies. You know, I'll probably never watch this one again. The other ones, I'll definitely watch again. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, I guess. Yeah. But uh, you know, this one's just really not. Eh, I'm just trying to think of one good thing to say about it. The the brief mm-hmm. shot of the creature isn't terrible. And then <laughs> the coolest thing. I mean, aside from the cover being awesome, <laughs> it looks like they worked really hard on this. There's a compliment. I imagine they did. I, 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 honestly, I imagine the crew and special effects people would most like. Again, I couldn't find the budget, but I would imagine right. they worked. They stretched. Knowing Sean Cunningham, they stretched that budget and got. They got. They probably got their money's worth for what they had, in terms of that. 
Because, uh, mm. I mean, again, an un- if you're Sean Con- you know, you, anybody can go out and shoot a Friday the 13th. You can go out to the woods or anywhere, just turn the lights off and have somebody killing people. That's sure. that's Halloween. That's Friday the 13th. Uh, but, you know, to be, for lack of a better word, uh, mainly, uh, and he's not B-movie, because, I mean, a lot of his movies make a lot of money, but, you know, this lower quality movie, uh, and then like, oh, yeah, we're going to work on a limited budget, and it's going to take place at the bottom of the ocean. Okay, so there goes your budget. Yeah. <laughs> your budget's going for the gigantic underwater suits and sets and <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, because it's easy to put a guy in a hockey mask or not show a killer until you reveal it, that it's a mother, however you want to play it. But in this one, we're like, they do show the creature a decent amount. You never get like a really clear, clear look until the very end. But even that, it's just like, okay. You know, it's just a... I don't know. It looks like a dragon. It looks like a humanoid <laughs> dragon. It's kind of weird. But anyway, mm. uh, this is really there wasn't too much behind the scenes stuff I could find to kind of flesh out this episode a little bit. But anyway, there there anyway is the word of the podcast. I said it like eight times in this the past minute. Sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> speaking about how there were competing underwater movies, a little bit of backstory on that. Uh, Louis Abernathy, one of the writers on this, the one that acted in Titanic. Uh, sold a script to, I guess, Cunningham's production company at the same time that James Cameron was working on his own, quote, underwater monster saga. More on that in two weeks. Uh, despite, uh, apparently he, he was friends with Cameron. Oh, I don't know if I mentioned that. They were friends. But Cameron asked him that he delay this movie to avoid competing with The Abyss. Hmm. But everyone's like, nah, bruh. Uh, I'm not really your friend, and uh, I'm not your friend we're, guy. Basically, that's when he's <laughs> like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna do that for a friend." Like, my movie's coming out, and, you know, my movie's gonna get made. Yeah, Deep Star Six is gonna be a box office. Hit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? just wait. Everybody's gonna be. Nobody likes your shit, Cameron. It. Yeah, what have you done? What have you done? Terminator, dirt. It'll never amount to anything, especially movies with water in it. <laughs> <laughs> or space or anything yeah. with monsters. You won't do anything like yeah. that. Fuck you, Cameron. Although, this is post-Alien, so I mean... Right, right. And Terminator, so I mean... this like is you're a one-hit wonder, Cameron. This is like the golden era of Cameron. He took someone else's movie. <laughs> Maybe he did. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he saw he was writing an underwater movie, like, hmm, underwater. But more on that in two weeks when we talk about The Abyss. Mm. Anyway, so, uh, but uh, apparently they, uh, you know, they've kind of fallen out, but they did become friends again. Uh, because apparently Abernathy also is a deep water aficionado. Uh, <laughs> That's he, a thing. <laughs> I mean, if you're in James Cameron's circle, it is. So right, right. Uh, he actually uh, worked with Cameron on Titanic, going down to the wreck and filming it, that kind of thing. Oh, excuse me, uh, not on any of the actual dives, but a lot of the filming accompanied him like, on the, the, void, the trips for whatever reason. Mm. Uh, but So they did patch it up, and that's why he actually is an actor in some small role in Titanic. Uh, the ending, ending, uh, ending of Deep Star 6 spoiler alert when the monster surprises the two survivors on the raft at the very end it's very similar to Friday the 13th where it, the ending is on a raft well, not a raft but a canoe in the middle of the water and the monster pops up at the end also directed by Sean Cunningham you know all directors have their own little like their like maybe signature shot or it's like Spielberg likes to use a lot of reflections in a lot of his stuff James Cameron loves shots of doors opening and then the boots hit, you know, the feet hitting the ground and then revealing who that person is walking out. Uh, like it's in like almost every game James Cameron movie. And JJ uh, with lens flares. Yeah. Before. Or Michael Bay with a camera that is oh, high geez, on yeah. cocaine and caffeine and hey, just can't yeah. stop moving. Which was great for The Rock. Mm-hmm. But then in Armageddon where every single shot, like, hand me that cup of coffee and it's 
zooming yeah. into the most dramatic <laughs> thing you've ever seen. And helicopters fly over for this cup that of coffee. That was quite a cup of coffee. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Juan Valdez is like, you know, fighting off terrorists, bringing the coffee to him. Right. You know, the beans, so amazing story. But uh, yeah, uh, as I mentioned before, it is a fact that Sean Cunningham developed this movie in 1987. They started in 1987 with the express purpose of beating the underwater, other underwater action films that were in pre-production at the time to the table and releasing mm-hmm. before all of them. And let me tell you, it shows. Right. Especially when you compare it as we're going through these movies. It, like I said, they get better and better. Production value, acting, everything just builds and builds. And you really see the difference between you know, rushing something out and then the perfection of James Cameron oh, yeah. and his production when, on a James Cameron production. That goes for anything creative. Yeah. If you just rush it out, ugh, garbage. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, this, I mean, as you can see, Leviathan came out a few months later, but obviously they had more money behind it. Mm-hmm. Shows in every aspect. We'll get more on Leviathan next week. But, it, I mean, it's, this is a perfect example of that. Like, you know, of course, some, that, not to say money makes the movie, but talent that the money can get you, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And we'll get more into that as we go through these three underwater films. But anyway, uh, score-wise, even as a kid, like I was always like, God, I'd just rather watch Leviathan. You know, eh, it's mm. one bad, but it wasn't a Leviathan. But today, it's like, I give it a three. Like, it's just like, eh. But also, I thought about this. I, I'm thinking, since you know, we don't have Daniel here to give a contrasting score. Sure. I'm thinking, maybe we'll start this. On a critical level, like, just like, you know, like if I had to write a review, or like, a, like give, a, give a, a review that's not based on anything of like liking. Personal like, flavor. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I would still say it'd, be, it'd probably be like a two. Wow. The one less. It's just, it's just thrown together, and you can tell that. And honestly, if, if you just watched this by itself and didn't watch The Viathan or The Abyss or something, um, that same thing but done better, you might have a better opinion of it. But like, you know, you got the actors that you could get, you got the effects you could get, and it shows. It shows. Again, not that there's a place for these films. A lot of people really like them. In fact, I think IMDb, one of the uh, message boards, was like, "Believe me, excuse me, believe me." Before you know, I might not live to see it, but one day people will realize Deep Star Six is a masterpiece. Yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, maybe the remake by J.J. Abrams or Spielberg or somebody. Yeah, there's can, a, there's only like one nine star rating. There's no ten stars. And it's just not. I mean. It really, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm probably being a little too harsh on it, to be perfectly honest, just because, again, I, ha- I think I have Deep Sea. Uh, oh, wait, there's some 10 stars. A good film. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, first review. A good film. I've only seen half of it yesterday, <laughs> but, but it was a good movie <laughs> with good special effects and good acting. So at some point, after halfway watching a movie, this guy's like, I should review that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <He's> probably, <laughs> the thing is, he probably, like, did it while he was watching, and then it, then like okay, and then he didn't. I guess he realized maybe he, in two thousand five when he wrote it, he couldn't change it. Wow, who knows? But yeah, uh, wow, two thousand five. But anyway, uh, thanks, me, John Fresno from the United States. <laughs> maybe you should finish the other half of that movie. Let me be a little more fair to this film because I really think I'm kind of really kind of shitting on it unfairly. Technically, on a critical level, I'd say it's a three. I would give it a four because as a, I did enjoy it as a kid, but again, it was like okay. Mm. Let me watch. What's that other better movie that came on TBS last week with Robocop? Oh, Leviathan. Let me watch that one. So I'll bump it up a, one point on each one just to be fair because I really think I'm being a little, a little mean. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe not. Have you seen it, Jesse? Nope. Don't. I'm not. <laughs> Good. 
I got better things to do. Yes, you do. <laughs> Believe me, you do. That's why I'm here for you, you listeners, to so you don't have to deal with some of these movies. Yep. Again, you know, as a uh, part of the you know the, one of the main things of this podcast is we're revisiting these movies. So I did, I did watch this many times as a kid, or you know, because I was thinking about this actually driving over here. You know, when we were younger. Uh, you know, we, no Netflix, nothing like that. If there was a movie that we wanted, we either had... Oh, I like that one. Deep Star Stinks. <laughs> it should be Deep Star Stinks. One Star. Stinks. This film was terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, go to IMDb and just search the lowest ones. 1999, he reviewed it. Wow. He was ahead of us. Yeah. Ahead of the curve. I mean, that's just 10 years afterwards, and it's still garbage. <laughs> it yeah, did. He doesn't have the things of today to compare it to. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, you know, so a lot of the, the cable was our Netflix back in the day. Mm. And I'm eternally grateful for that because I'm on Netflix now. It's like, God, just trying to find something to watch is take, you know, it's like, what do you want to watch, babe? Talking to Autumn. Like, oh, I don't know. Whatever you want. What? Let's pick a, watch a comedy. I'm like, I'll at least get her to give me a, you know, you, you pick a genre, I'll pick a film. And we'll go from there. And it's still like 20 minutes later, like, God, just, I don't want to watch any of this shit. But, uh, you know, so double-edged sword, I guess. But anyway... Going back to like the, the 80s when you had cable, you had USA, you had T- TBS, you had TNT. I would long for those weekends, like just knowing because TBS, USA, all those channels, there were, so, there were badass movies on all day. Yeah. If there was something stupid, if USA was doing the something stupid, let's switch over to TBS. Oh, fuck yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> you know, there was something, there was always something good on at least one of those channels. It was rarely something you didn't need, you know, and then once... I learned how to record VHSs. Once we got a VHS player, it was like, oh shit, uh, Leviathan's coming on. I gotta, oh, I don't have a tape. I gotta find a tape. Uh, let, uh, I don't need Robocop 2. This is a better, you know, and like, oh shit, I shouldn't have recorded it. Never recorded it. Yeah. No. <laughs> but I mean, I used to, ha- in fact, when I moved into my house in early 2000s, I had, I still had my like Rubbermaid bin. It had to weigh 100 pounds <laughs> full of VHSs. The six hour. SLPs, yeah, three movies on each, perfectly timed, taking out commercials to fit three movies on them, handwritten on the side. Someone still had the tape over the little flange you could break off to record over stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it wasn't until I moved out of my house that I finally just dumped them all in the garbage can. Wow. I just I don't know why I just well they were in my out, outdoor shed so like I never saw them. You probably got melted anyway. And I'm sure that they ninety percent <laughs> of them didn't wouldn't play anyway. Yeah. You know, like you were saying. So. You know, I mean, I literally, and I didn't even have a VHS player when I moved in that place, so I didn't have any way to play them to begin with. I was just like, eh, maybe one day there'll be a device where I can convert them to DVD and not have to buy the movie, which, of course, that did happen, but then, you know, DVDs are two bucks, three bucks. Crazy. So now it's, you know, any movie you want, you can find for minimal cost with practically no effort. Where, again, back in the day, which I hate that, I really, you know, your parents would say that, like, oh, yeah, whatever, Dad. But like oh, yeah. there was, there is a nostalgia to you know saying that about things. Like it was exciting to go to the video store and like, oh, what's in? Fuck, Young Einstein is still rented. <laughs> One day I'll see this movie. You know, it's gonna be so awesome. Tune in that podcast for that story. Sure. You know, and then uh, same thing with Blockbuster. And be like, wait, the movies are behind the case. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, there's like four copies of this. This is amazing. Scar. You know, say so, you know, and then uh, now it's like, you know. Every, I guess, I, I don't know if it's Monday or whatever day like, of the week where Netflix adds stuff. That's the closest thing I can compare that feeling to is like, la, la. Oh, shit. Fucking Beverly Hills Cop 2 is on Netflix. Yeah, that'll never happen again. Yeah. I can't think of for something that would, hap- that would happen for. Yeah, I mean, nothing in that like, way. 
because everything, I mean, games, video games are digital, music's digital, everything's digital. You can, oh, it's out, click, tap. I got it. Cool. I mean, maybe when Google takes over the roads with all their cars, <laughs> you have to go to a place to get it or something. Yeah. Like, oh, someone took the nice luxury car. I'm stuck with Damn that. Damn it. I got the yeah. Pinto. Yeah. Or the Prius <laughs> is what I meant to say because most people probably don't know what a Pinto is. Yeah. Well, although, listen to our Cujo, Cujo podcast, talk about a Pinto in that because mm. they were trapped in a Pinto. <laughs> but anyway, in the real world, on January 13th, 1989, when this film released, January uh, nothing important really happened. But on January 11th, Ronald Reagan delivered his farewell address to the nation, and we said goodbye to Ronald Reagan as our president. Mm. So, rest in peace, Ronnie. Of course, Nancy Reagan just died a few weeks ago uh, yep. at the time of recording this. Uh, and speaking of death, uh, for Back to the Future for these three episodes, I have an underwater movie checklist. But uh, real quick, uh, since recording our last episode, uh, obviously, everybody... Or did, I don't even, or did we even talk about it last time when Prince died, or was that after... Maybe we talked about it when we were playing board games or something. It seems like we, we talked about that. I don't remember. Yeah, uh, I don't recall. Well, if we... I don't know. I was listening to Scarface episode to check today, but, mm-hmm. you know, my commute to work is now five minutes, so <laughs> yeah. I didn't exactly get too far in the podcast sure, to check, sure. the fact check. But yeah, Prince died, which sucks. Listen to a Purple Rain podcast. And also, uh, if I again, if, if you've just listened to the Scarface episode and you're listening to this episode, mm. and I'm about to repeat this conspiracy theory, I apologize because I didn't double check it. I don't remember before. it. But anyway, okay, remember when uh, Farrah Fawcett passed away, you know, years ago? Right. And she died early in the morning. The news broke. It was all over Facebook, yeah, all yeah. over the reporters, you know. Uh, Maybe uh, you didn't mention that during heads. the last podcast. I think I did. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if you heard it, okay, well, let's assume you did. Yes. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm pretty sure I did. And if I didn't say it, and you're listening and want to know what I'm getting at, send us an email and let us know. Okay. <laughs> to be safe. Eight years of visit at gmail.com. I thought like I did. I've heard it. Okay, the conspiracy theory. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you want to know, you want to delve into my deep psychotic mind, <laughs> send me an email. But, or uh, listen to last week. Yeah, because I think <laughs> yeah. I'm. See, that's what I was writing this like, yeah, oh, Prince died. I don't think we talked about that on the podcast. Like, I better listen to it just in case. Feel like we talked about so it. So maybe we did. So sorry yeah. for the repeat, everybody. It <laughs> happens. Live podcasting. But anyway, let me find my underwater movie checklist here. Because as I was watching these three movies in a two night binge, I was like, wait a second. That happened. That exact same thing happened in this one and happened in this one. So I present to you the Eddie's Revisited 80s Underwater Movie Checklist for 1989 at least. Mm. Okay, number one. <laughs> one African American. Sure. Check for Deep Star. These are all for Deep Star Six. Uh. We'll go over them all, all three of them later on. You have to escape to the surface. Check. That's kind of a trope anyway, so sure. maybe that shouldn't count. Alien or monster. Check. Hostile mm. or not. Close up of an 80s monitor with text typing one word one letter at a time? Check. Check. Threat of nuclear detonation. Not in this film. Oh, uncheck. One character with an 80s mustache. Not in this film. Everybody had some sort of uh Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. I messed up. God, I color coded it just so you can see, Jesse. Oh, wait, there's looking, a mustache? Yeah, this one has one. Okay. I was looking at the green and not the blue. The green is uh, Leviathan. <laughs> blue is Deep Star Six. Okay, one character with an 80s mustache, check. Sure. Threat of nuclear detonation, check for this one. Yeah. So we've got to backtrack a bit. Uh, character narrowly escapes a flooding room, check. Again, that's kind of a trope. Uh, main couple solidifies their shaky relationship, and they both survive. Check. <laughs> Danger of running out of air, check. Danger of decompression, check. An underwater collision of things, check. 
Sure. The whole ocean and things run into each other. Uh, a fist fight between characters. Check. Have that. Firearms in an underwater research or mining <laughs> station. Check. Check. Saw the trailer. Somebody flips the fuck out. Check. Gotta. The fibrillator comes into play. Check. <laughs> Although it's used to actually attack the monster in this one. Ah. Uh. Final battle takes place on the surface. Check. Russians. Although I didn't put it on here, there was a Russian character in it, so yeah. I'm adding a check to that. <laughs> Hurricane prevents an evacuation. No. Okay. Not for this one. Not for this. Stay tuned. Is there a Garfield reference? Garfield, not the president, but the cartoon cat. Right, sure. Not in this one. Kick-ass VHS art? Check. <laughs> Characters have call signs? Not in this one. Uh, some sort of mining operation? They don't say in the film because they're all supposed to be military, but they are definitely doing some sort of mining. Yeah. But I'm not, they don't explicitly say, so no check for that one. And the last one, Hot Shots Part 2 actor? Check. Miguel Ferrer. <laughs> there it is. I remember him from Hot Shots Part 2 from his tagline, War. It's fantastic. Yep. <laughs> so that's the underwater 80s movie checklist. We'll go through that on each one, and you'll realize there's really not much difference between these three films except the director, the, qu- the budget, and the cast, <laughs> that quality of acting. Wow. So that's the checklist. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of similarities. Yeah. But some of them, like I said, are tropes, but some of them are pretty unique to, well, let me phrase that, to any movie, but also for the fact these movies are taking place underwater. Deep mm. in the sea, and there's an alien attacking, and they all have these same fucking things going on. <laughs> it's literally like, okay, let's make a bad... It's like, okay, Cameron, here's your movie. Underwater, alien. Cosmatos, Cosmatos, however you pronounce his name. Here's your movie. Something underwater, deep, deep, deep underwater, alien. All right, Cunningham, you got to beat him to the punch. Something deep, deep underwater, alien. Gotcha. And then, you know, it's like they gave all three of them the same script, and this, this is the three directions they went. <laughs> That could be like a reality show. It really could. And this, is the, this is the product. It could have been, you know, Tom Cruise's character from Tropic Thunder, like, giving out these scripts, like, you're going to make three fucking movies. For yeah. Me. <laughs> They're all going to be different, but you're just going to have the same idea. Yeah. Punch that grip in the face. People Get out of here. Up. But anyway. love with deep star underwater crap <laughs> right now. Deep star stinks. <laughs> uh, but I mentioned before we did get an email from uh, Australia. Uh, ben from Australia writes in, uh, so... Good day, mate. Put another shrimp on the barbie. I really hope that's not insulting. I'm just quoting Dumb and Dumber. All right. Do not mean to be insulting whatsoever. Pretty in sure fact, that's what they all say, though. In fact, just watch Crocodile Dundee again just the yes. other night. And there was talk today I saw on Facebook, on something shared, one of those 80 sites I like on Facebook. Like, there's talk of a reboot of Crocodile Dundee. I'm I mean, okay. What else is it going to do? Well, I mean, I'm assuming they're not going to use Paul Hogan. He's going to end up being the uh, Walt character or something. They're going to get... Hugh Jackman or somebody, even though he's old now too. Yeah, he's old. I mean, I need to get Chris Pratt to do an Australian accent, and although get that might actually work because I, I think Chris Pratt's awesome, like as a human being and an, like hit well, the characters have to he get plays. Someone Australian though. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in today's political, yeah, no. So climate, you know. Uh, in fact, I was just watching. Um, Autumn was watching Ten Things I Hate About You, which I've never seen. Heath Ledger's in it. And uh, he's Australian, and you could hear that you know he's not being Australian in the film, at least the part I saw. But then, like as I was leaving, it sounded like his accent was coming back. But you could hear like his accent through oh, him, like Chris trying Hemsworth. to act normal. Oh, there, there you go! <laughs> Yay, Thor, Dial Dundee, Thor. or, or maybe hey, his Eric little brother, Bana. Eric Bana. Fuck yeah, he's a little old too, though. 
Yeah, he is old. Although he need like uh, Eric Bana is so underrated. That dude is an amazing actor. I just watched uh, that surveillance movie he's in. Is any good? It's okay. Uh, I have on my Instant Cube on Netflix. Speaking of when things pop up on Netflix, like something in a Special VHS store. Planets. Yeah, uh, haven't watched it yet, but I'm really can't wait to watch it. Just got to set aside the time to watch it when I'm not watching it's, crap like Deep Star yeah. Stinks for the podcast. This is about accurate. Five point nine. You watched it already? Or? Uh-huh. I watched it, yeah, when it came out. I like Ricky Gervais, but um, I feel like he didn't have anyone to bounce ideas off of. Oh, really? Oh, you mean like in terms of playing the character or yeah. like yeah, uh, but, chemistry? I mean, you watched Derek, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. That, was, <laughs> that was that was great. That, that's um, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Yeah. I mean, but then the he, original series. Whatever you want this, to uh, this comedy, it just felt like, okay, I still need to put you know, some heartfelt stuff in here. Mm. It just felt very, mm, I don't know, something mm. about it. It just didn't work 100%. Mm, excuse me. Despite having like a great cast. Yeah, I mean, Vera Farmingas in there. Yeah. Like Kevin she, Pollack. I feel like she, she dialed it in big time. Oh. But I mean, I've seen her in other stuff and she's been great. But in this one, it just didn't, I don't know, just didn't work. I don't know. She seems like, I've only seen, I've seen her in Source Code and like The Conjuring and... I know I've seen her in some other things, but she's always kind of like, you know, uh, you, you can't see this, what I'm doing, but just like, yeah. you know, hey. Well, in this doing? one, she she's uh, very different than that. But um, I was trying to say it without spoils. <laughs> God, she's very different than that. Gotcha. And the concept is, is a good concept. It's just, mm-hmm. I feel like there's some missed moments in there somewhere. Uh-huh. Like, like if he w- took this to a room full of comedians, they could probably punch it up quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah, that's what it needed. It needed to be punched up. Gotcha. I will take a... Still going to watch it, obviously, because yeah. I, like, I like Richie, uh, Richie. Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Uh, pretty much everything I've seen him in and watch him do is put a big smile on my face, so mm-hmm. he's great. But anyway, uh, Ben Wyatt, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's spelled W-Y-A-T-T-E. I'm not sure if in Australia, if you, you know, Wyatty. I don't know. Why? I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just, just cultural differences here. Just, we'd, we'd say Wyatt. One s- syllable in Australia. What? 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 Let us know, Ben. Yeah, we're, we're, just, we're just Americans, and you know Americans oh, yeah. are. I forgot we were responding to a letter. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, he says, hey, Ben from Australia here. I wanted you guys to know that we do get about 99.9% of video games here. We have an R18 rating, and that's the rating GTA 5 received. That's all. Uh, sent on the go with Vodafone. Whatever that is. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that is. I'm just, I'm just fletching up. But anyway, because... Uh, 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 the, t- the title, I mentioned The Punisher earlier because, uh, what's her name? Nancy Everhart was in The Punisher. The title of the email was The Punisher, so I'm, uh, in that episode, I didn't go back and listen to it again because I didn't even get to finish the Scarface when I double-checked the conspiracy theory. But anyway, mm-hmm. I do remember we did have a discussion about how, uh, and just so, so you know, Ben, I mean, thanks for emailing, first of all. Appreciate it. Glad you're listening to us representing us in Australia. Uh, awesome. I always want to go there. Hopefully, I'll get there. But uh, anyway... We talked about over here a lot of the things that we hear, at least in terms of game journalism, is that like, oh yeah, Australia didn't get this game or didn't get this because of their strict uh, import laws. Or I think in the Punisher podcast, I might have mentioned there was a different cut of the film in Australia, or it was filmed in Australia. Or there was something. There was a tie there. Hmm. Uh, again, I'm sorry, I don't remember. I mean, we're 140, 30 episodes in, so can't remember everything. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Not perfect. I wish I was. No, but anyway, uh, yeah. So like a lot of the uh, the things that at least that are uh, that people say over here are 
display over here or uh, report over here, I guess I should say is what I'm looking for, is usually that, you know, they give, it gives us the impression that, you know, that a lot of uh, games tend not to even make it over there. So it's good to know that they actually do. Not Again, Ben, our live 80s Revisited correspondent from Australia, <laughs> has told us 99.9% .9 of video games actually do make it over there. So it's, it's very rare for them not to. So you learned something hmm. today, everybody, because the bias... I'd like to know what didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, actually, Ben, let what's us know. Like, what's, what's a game that you can think of that didn't make it that was big that... Uh, that everybody wanted. Yeah. yeah. Because that's... A lot of times we'll hear that over here is that like, you know, I guess maybe it's a stereotype that just people think over here because they've never been to Australia, don't know anybody from Australia, they don't have a great podcast that has awesome listeners who live in Australia that can report these things and, mm -hmm. you know, bring some truth to the world. So thank you, Ben. We appreciate it, mate. Uh, you got me <laughs> as cross as a frog in a sock, but oh well. That's from Chaffee. I, I that's can't talk about it on the podcast. Uh, Hugh Jackman said in that movie, I was like, that's an awesome expression. Wow. Crosses as cross as a frog in a sock. And supposedly, supposedly an actual expression, so wow. I try to use it at least once a month. I try, I try to work it in more. You know, just but I don't get mad easily, so I'm, I, don't, I don't get cross. I don't get cross a lot. So, but anyway, everybody, let us know what you thought of Deep Star stinks or Deep Star. I couldn't think of a positive spin on it. <laughs> this great Deep. star great six. Star I six. don't know. If you think that, if, you, if you're the person that left a 10-star review on IMDb, let us know. But anyway, 80srevisit at gmail.com, on Facebook and the internet, at AwesomePods, and Twitter, I believe, as well. Uh, check out the other podcasts on the Awesome Podcast Network, as well as our good friends right down the road from us here in Louisiana at Now vs. Nostalgia, John and James. You guys doing great. Looking forward to some more episodes from you guys. And next week, we go, we're still, you know, we escaped to the surface this time, barely. With our sanity, mm. but now we got to go back down <laughs> and see what's going on with Peter Weller and uh, Richard Crenna as we revisit Leviathan next week here on 80s Revisited. Until then, I remain Trey Harris. Jazzy Zedgley. <laughs> Facebook.com slash awesome pods and follow us on Twitter at awesome pods. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>